Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, folks, welcome to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Carlos, uh, this is going to be a habit, uh, or maybe maybe it's a pattern. I, you know, how are you handling this, by the way, all this winning? I haven't really checked in on your your mental health in a while. Um, you know, you're not used to it. The fan base, I don't know that they're still used to it, but another Lions win. Um, I'm sure you got all sorts of thoughts rolling around in that uh, big brain of yours. And by the way, nice to see you. Thank you very much. Yeah, um, I thought you were going to, I thought you were talking about like the Red Wings preseason winning or something, but you're talking about the Lions. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, the Lions or Wolverines, uh, it's just, uh, it's a lot. It's, uh, it's funny. Cause it's, it's the, you, you're, we're, we're kind of, we come from different, you know, sort of uh, perspectives and you just want winning after winning after winning. Cause it creates more uh, readership for you. It, it, it ups your profile. I like interesting stories and I don't care if teams win or lose. In fact, the losing sometimes is more interesting because there's usually more drama, but the winning uh, for the Lions specifically, you can speak more to Michigan, but the Lions specifically, like Dan Campbell makes it interesting and the roster and the injuries and Jameson Williams coming back. All that kind of, it, it's kept it interesting. It hasn't been, winning can be boring for as a journalist. Winning can be boring if there's too much of it, the same way that losing can be kind of boring if there's too much of it. So I like variety, Sean. Uh, I like some drama. Uh, fans are probably really mad at me. All they want is, you know, undefeated season after undefeated season. I get it, but, uh, you know, in our business, and you'll ag- disagree with me, but I like variety, but you just want unabated, uninterrupted winning from here until, you know, Dan Campbell retires in 20 years no, with uh, I, 10 Super Bowls. I don't want that at all. I want you to be in tune with the market you're working in. That's what I would, I mean, ultimately, that would be my my goal for you is to understand and to just not dismiss a decade of losing for I'm all for, well, maybe eight years. For a the decade of losing? A, de- a decade of more or less losing from all four pro sports teams, right? Oh, I, all there's the not been, There's not been a playoff win or a playoff series, right. I think, in at least, a, at least a decade. I feel like that's no, no, probably no, no, not. Well, oh, a series win. Okay, yeah. yeah. Pistons. Series so win or, 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 yeah, and the, the, we know all know about the Lions. It's, 1950, it's 1991 was the last time. So, you know, I, I would hope that you would understand that a decade's probably enough losing for all four teams for this for the for this region and these fans. And that if you're talking about variety, I don't know that you really care about variety because if you did, you'd you'd enjoy writing different storylines with this winning, at least with the Lions. And uh, I'm not worried about my own profile. The the, the truth is, and we'll, we don't want to get too inside uh, baseball here, but the truth is. Well, first of all, nothing drives a, a newspaper in a regional newspaper like us. You know, forget the Times, or the Washington Post, or whatever. But for us, nothing drives it like an NFL team, unless you're in one of the maybe rare baseball towns like St. Louis or whatever. LA. That's number one. But number two, just 
in general sports. And these days, the way our businesses are set up, yeah, a winning team can literally mean you might get to hire a couple more reporters. So I kind of think about it like in that in that way, and uh, and what the companies are trying to do. I mean, it's not it's not that you sit there and you root. You're, you're still impartial, and you got to write it that way. But of course, you of course you want to see the business su- succeed. I mean, that's the thing. It, it lifts everybody up. So we'll see what happens with the Lions. It, I mean, they're going to have to keep this up. But that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, you know, and in, in, in our business. Obviously, we we work in sports, but uh, like the UAW strike, right? That's not a pleasant thing, but that's creating a lot of interest. You know, generally, like in the news, in the news department, in the news sections of the paper, uh, yeah, it's usually drama, strife, violence, things like that, <laughs> that create a lot more interest in sports. I guess it's uh, um, Barbies dressed as state troopers. That too, yeah, absolutely controversy and. And, uh, you know, for sports though, we, puppies, uh, winning, winning, definitely people, people love a winner. That's why they love Sean Windsor. So it's hard for to argue that point. You're right, Sean. But, no, uh, but you know, I just, Carl's real I just quick. want an Carl's interesting team. Quick. How about that? Interesting teams no, to cover. No, that's fine. But think about it this way too. The, and, and I agree with you on losing, but losing is most interesting when it comes, uh, around winning. I mean, if you're just losing all the time, that's not interesting at all. But losing, the, the losing, you're talking about the drama, you're talking about the heartache and all that, that comes when a team is really good and loses. Loses when there's something really at stake. That's the most interesting kind of loss. And we haven't, we haven't had a chance to write about a big, a big loss in a while, right? I mean, I can't, well, I can't remember the last time, you know, a heartbreaking, wrenching, gut-punch loss. It's been yeah, a while. I think that... Uh, uh, you know, as uh, I, I haven't been a big time fancy sports columnist as long as you have, Sean. So I didn't have the luxury of just not coming to practices and games. I didn't want to. Um, so I had to be there for all the ugliness of all those years of the Owen 16 and, and all the Jim Caldwell stuff and the Schwartz stuff and the Marinelli stuff. You know, it's, uh, it was, it was interesting in its own way because, you know, you could see the team trying to get better, but failing often and some moder- some success here and there, fleeting success. But the whole thing, you know, with uh, Bob Quinn and 97 wasn't good enough and, and uh, you know, trying to get rid of Caldwell as soon as he could so he could hire Patricia, all that stuff, the, the, the dramatic arc of that team, of the Lions specifically. And football, I think, is more... It's the it's the closest thing that you have to a soap opera in sports in pro sports in this country because it's just they play so few games that it's all just talk 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 and preparation and whatever and Henry throughout the week for six days and then you get to the game and then you see what happens but there's so much that goes into it right and uh, that's that's to me I guess I I come from a different background where I I had to live in the world of losing for so long that I had to find a way to adapt and kind of just get comfortable with all the losing and find interesting things or else I would have gone crazy. Well, you're uh, acting your like you're the only one that's written in the sports department in the free press. Everybody who's worked in our department, my friend, my very good friend, has had to write about losing for a decade, except for Michigan football oh, and Michigan State oh, basketball. And oh, a couple I would, of... I would, uh, I, would, I would argue this point. Ask, ask our boy Dave Burkett how, how often, how quickly... 
the other reporters and columnists dropped off when the Lions were losing. And as I'm not far as I names. know, as far as I know, for every year there's a columnist at every single game, right? Right. Now you're you're talking How about many practices? more practices or whatever. Uh huh. So they go to fewer practices, but the, where else and are you going to go? Games? You're still you're still going to write about. No, the games are the same. We're, nope. we're sort of con- we're not contracted, but we have to. I've been at at um, the same amount. Of I'm games not naming every year. games, but you know that I'm right about fewer people. No, you're, you're not. You're 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 what you're talking about is is different. I'm talking about just the, the the bulk of us that have to write, you know, with a certain amount of frequency every week have been writing about losing, except for. Michigan football recently, and Michigan football, you know, Harbaugh had some some winning when he first took over. Even they struggled some. Michigan State basketball and stretches of Michigan basketball. Other than that, it's been pretty. It's been pretty well. Michigan State football too. Let me let me throw that in. They had a great run, but uh, but yeah, the pro pro sports side of it, it has been. You can't just leave the lines and say, I'm going to go write about the winning wings for the Pistons. It's uh, <laughs> so we we've all been writing about losing. For a, for a long time, but here's the, here's what I'm thinking about, Carlos. Let's just say they make the playoffs this year, and they win their first playoff game. And right now, everybody's like, "Oh God, wouldn't it be great? We win the division." I, I keep hearing this more and more. I don't know about you. I'd be curious what you if you've heard this too. I keep hearing, "Oh, I just wanted to win the division, have a home playoff game, and win that game." Like that's enough. Here's the fact, though: if they do that, that means they're going to be in the the NFC Championship game more than likely. And if they lose that on a last minute drive or field goal or whatever, I mean, the experience will have been great because they haven't been in that game in thirty whatever years. Ninety ninety one, I think, was the last time. Yeah, that that'll be great. That's part of sports. That's the drama you're talking about. But that will be really painful to have lost. Because once they're there, they're like, oh, we're that close to the Super Bowl. And then they lose. And they're not going to say same old lines or anything like that. That's the normal arc of a regular franchise that makes it run into the playoffs and then has a loss because everybody loses except for one team, right? So that will be interesting to write about to me if we get to that. Oh, if any Anybody who says this, anybody who says that's all I want is just a bald-faced, liar who's delusional and they don't want to get no greedy so. carlos right yeah no no you this they're team, so used to losing they don't want to get greedy that's what that's yeah about, right? right they're gonna be like oh that's we're good we're good coach campbell you you beat the you know the the falcons or whatever and now we're gonna go to philly and uh oh, okay it's okay if we lose to get that close and they're gonna you know what everybody's gonna say is this is our chance this is the one that you know what we waited so yeah, long when they get there for sure yeah for the sure. team's never gonna be this good again and we're gonna lose ben johnson who's behind everything and you know all that stuff and so they're, well, you'll they, say they that. know, you know, so that, yeah, that's, uh, you, you, that's, it's a, it's the total, you know what? I'm a sports fan. And I used to say this too about the Dodgers. You know what? I just want to get to a world series. And when they got to a world series recently, I'm like, dang it. They better win it. Cause it's been, you know, 1988. No it's been a question. long time. No question. So that no I, 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 I appreciate the sentiment, but it's completely horse pucky. They, they're, well, you know, know what it is. Once they win a game, they're going to lose their minds and it's going to be Super Bowl party. You're not going to be able to buy Super Bowl decorations in Detroit. No, no. If this, if that were to actually happen and they, they did win a playoff game, the problem is that fans can't imagine it right now. Right. And, and most of half the fan base at least has no experience with it. Right. So, so, right. So there's just, there's no, 
there's no memory of it at all. There's no sense. So right now you're thinking, I mean, there's very little memory of winning the division. So right now you're like, oh, God, wouldn't that be amazing to win the, to win the division and actually host a playoff game? That would be, uh, I mean, that's just, that feels a little bit less far out there each week, especially looking at the rest of the NFC North, obviously. But yeah, no, I, I, I look forward to the day with all our teams, all the city's teams, when we can when we can write about the the process at that point, learning how to win and the pressure moments and the big moments with a lot at stake. And then and th- to me, that's the most interesting stuff. You know, is there anything more fun than watching a, a young team kind of figure it out and, and, and get better? They, and most teams don't just figure it out immediately and win right away. Occasionally that happens, but uh, right. Yeah, I mean, that's just, it's, it's different. The, the thing I wonder, you know, and, and I, I, what I wonder is, I think last year, if they'd gotten into the playoffs last year when they were surging and they had that great finish and everybody was like, whoa, where did this come from? It was an amazing turnaround from the start of the season. That would have been, people would have lost their minds over playoff success because it came out of nowhere. Now, I think we're at the point now, even a third of the way through the season now, people are expecting them to win the division. They're expecting them to make they the play. I mean, it's it would be it would be a massive, massive surprise and disappointment if they didn't make the playoffs or win, or win the division. Even if they win the wild card, get to the wild card, I think that would be a disappointment. Like they expect a division title here from what and, and rightly so. So is that is does that take a little bit of the the I don't know joy or whatever out of it when you're already like you already expect success i mean is that does that change it because i we don't have experience with that as you said no yeah i don't i don't think so carlos it's a good question i i don't i don't think so i was talking i was talking telling this to somebody the other day um let's just say they they win the division and and make a little bit of a run and and win a game and and get to um you know, it lines up and they get to the NFC Championship game. It, that sounds crazy, but that this theoretically could take one win, right? If you get the, if you get the buy, uh, possibly if, get, if, if they get the if, second if seed, the buy. yeah. If you if you get the buy, okay. So right now they're the get, third seed, and they they'd go to they'd have to play Atlanta, and then they'd have to go to Philadelphia. Yeah, which would which would yeah exactly. So in any case, let's say some of that unfolds well. The feeling that I have that I get not have, but the feeling I sense and and what I hear from people and over here and, and all of that, and just, you know, being around sports all my life, you get, you get one, you get one chance, not one chance, but you only have what's happening right now with the lions only happens once. If, if they follow through this season, I'm not, I'm not talking about a Super Bowl win, but just a, a deep run of the playoffs. That first year, where everything feels a little bit different. And I'm sorry, this doesn't feel like 2011 or even 2014 because of the Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell, because of their combined effect and how people are relating to them. After struggling on and off for so many decades, you only get one time to rise up. And that that elation is just unmatched for sports fans. That doesn't mean, let's just say they would win the Super Bowl this year. That'll go down, right? That'll be the... And how will anybody ever top that in their life, in their fandom life of the Detroit Lions? And they come back and do it again next year. And that would be enjoyed. People would love it next year. But it wouldn't feel the same 
as the first time. There's only one first time. I don't know if this season will be give that, you know, complete that run or not, but I'm fascinated by that idea, right? Like when the Red Sox finally won the World Series and then they went on to win, what, three or four more, three more? And I'm sure those Boston fans loved it, but nothing, nothing was like that first World Series. Yes, you're right. You never, you you never get to go to the roll to the Super Bowl for the first time, a second time, right? You never get to make that run a second time. Um. So yeah, I mean, but then again, you know, like the Carolina Panthers are a good example, right? When they made the Super Bowl with uh, Jake Delhomme, and then they they yeah. lost. I forget who they lost to, but then the they Patriots. made it again. Patriots, yeah, of course. Just, just the default is the Patriots, and then they make it again yeah. with Cam Newton. And they lose to to Peyton, Peyton Manning, Manning, the Broncos. You're either and, losing to Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, and those yeah, days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the history of the NFL is is that, uh, or Terry Bradshaw, probably, or Troy Aikman. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so that's uh, you know that and th- th- those. I don't know. I'm guessing it was about 15 years apart, something like that. Those two runs, you know, and. Um, I don't know. I mean, right now, uh, the last time the Lions won the the division was '93, so it's been 30 years. So if you're a 15 year old kid, I guess you could remember it around that. You're 45 right now. If you're a little bit older, if you were our age, you're dead. So like, yeah, it's there's not that many people who probably remember it. Who you know who? Uh, well, I guess there are. I guess you can be in your in your 60s and and still be a Lions fan. We get those emails all the time, actually. So. Yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, but it's 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 been far enough, right? I mean, but but uh, but yeah, you going on this run and Lions obviously have not ever been to the Super Bowl, so I think people would be uh, they would be thrilled. And then, you know what? And and speaking as a non-Detroiter, non-Michigander, didn't grow up here. I'm a Michigander and Detroiter, of course, because I live here. But but I didn't grow up here. Having an outsider's perspective, this fandom deserves it because of the, the Browns fans, the Lions fans. I mean, they're so just into these teams and so loyal. They, they deserve it. It's not Carolina, right, Carlos? I mean, that's the difference. I, I, you're right. Th- those fan bases or that fan base probably enjoyed both of those runs similarly. Maybe the first one felt a slightly different, you know, but the difference yeah. is, first of all, that's a, that Charlotte's like a small Atlanta. It's like a smaller Atlanta. It's, the city of transplants. It's. Um, I mean, they're definitely at this point. People. There's are no. The, there's no soul in Charlotte. I, I, that's obviously. So, well, there. I mean, there are people that are born yeah. and raised in Charlotte. I have friends in Charlotte who raised their their kids there, and they went to North Carolina, et cetera. But, but they don't have six decades, seven decades, six whatever, six and a half decades of this history, and that and that makes it the suffering makes it more meaningful. You know, it it's it just. It, I don't know if we talked about this in the podcast, maybe. Maybe we did, but Tom Izzo was talking about this last week at the Michigan State Basketball's Media Day that he likes to talk to his players all the time about how success feels better and means more when it's come out of adversity or something, frankly, that's painful. And um, and that's what this fan base is is, is going to feel. I liken it to, I think about as, as a parent, for those of y'all that have uh, more than one child, you love your you love your kids the same. I remember when my youngest was born, and I loved him just the same. But my oldest made me a parent, and you, the, I'm already a parent. The, the time the next one comes around, so you don't have that feeling again. And I would 
I think it'd be similar with the first time the Lions actually got to a Super Bowl. It would be fun, and you'd probably love the run in a lot of ways the same the next time. But boy, there's nothing. I mean, you know, you 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 step into a different place the first time. You 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 literally just said you love Jake more than Sam. That's that's what you said. No, you just, I said you, you just you said lo- you love your love oldest him. boy more. Oh my you lord, you love him the same. But Jake made me a dad. You know, right? So that and that and I can hear his tears right now as Sam's listening to this. Somewhere. No, Jake would actually tell you that Sam's my favorite, but that's not true. I don't have a, I don't I don't have a favorite. I, I I love him the same, but only one makes you a parent the first time. And that's I, I liken it to that's kind of how I think about it. By the way, real quick, I was talking to my brother the other day, not to make this a family show. And he's got a son who's uh, at the University of Michigan. He's got a daughter who's at Michigan State. And he was talking to his son recently and all his friends and, and at U of M, a lot of whom are from larger metropolitan Detroit. And they were all talking about how they literally can't wait to get. Now, Michigan's on a. Uh, and we're going to talk about Michigan later in the show. What are they? Six and zero, seven and zero, seven and zero, six and zero, six and zero, and could could potentially win, 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 win a title this uh, this year. Who knows? And they're great, and it's fun. But all these kids we're talking about Sundays. That's the day they're looking forward to. It's it's all about Sunday. They plan ahead of time to get to Sunday. And my brother was talking about. He said, "I don't ever remember." I don't ever remember that. And I just, I've heard that from other people. Like they, they cannot wait to get to Sunday. And that's what's going on in, in our region right now. And for Michiganders all over the country, for that matter, because it, we it's hear from new. Them, right? I mean, it's new. It's new. And, and, and I think even, a, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know that many Michigan diehard Michigan football fans, but I just wonder how, and we're going to get to Michigan football, but how maybe tiresome, can or or not tiresome but ex- it's uh not exhausting draining i don't know what you the, the the adjective you want to use but jim harbaugh can be on a fan base he's tough he's tough on a fan base because of various reasons he's he's not warm and cuddly he's he wins a lot but but he's hard he's hard to to relate to i think um and Cam- dan campbell is straight out of nfl coaching uh, head casting, right? I mean, he, everybody just loves Dan Campbell. He's fun and and all that. Um, and it's new, and especially and you know what the the kids, your 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 brother's kids, right? And the Michigan thing. I mean, they probably there's a good chance that they were Lions fans before they were Michigan fans before they knew they were going to go to Michigan, right, or whatever. Maybe you've grown up in a Michigan household, and it, you know you've always you know go blue and all that stuff, but. If you haven't, you've probably been around the Lions in some fashion because it's the region's team, the state's team, except for those losers in the UP who have all those uh, green and yellow uh, signs on their yards. But and a uh, few Bears fans over on the west side. A few, yeah, right, right over there in Sagatok, whatever. And so the, uh, but I was going to ask you because you, you, I, I, you missed your chance, but you were saying the, 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 the difficulties, the struggle, make the winning more rewarding. And you wrote a good column about Taylor Decker, the left tackle who played his hundredth game Sunday against Carolina and talked about that, talked about the ache and the the struggle and how fans have been through it as well. And he's really gotten a, a strong appreciation of that. What did you get from him? And I think you mentioned that he's never felt like a loser. He's always felt like a winner, but it's been 
doggone it, it's been tough. <laughs> yeah, because it, and he's like, well, you don't want to think of yourself as a loser, but the record says I'm a loser, right? <laughs> so, so you're you're dealing with the fact, what's in your your heart and soul, and then you're dealing yeah. with the reality outside and uh, of yeah. your you know your body and your mind and wherever that wherever the soul starts or stops. And I don't know with <laughs> you, your your soul encompasses. I mean, it's everything, you know, right? Yeah. So that, that, but that's, but that's different. That, that also has a lot of responsibility with it. It's like Jim Carrey when he becomes God and all of a sudden everybody's praying to him around the world and he's got the responsibility. <laughs> you're carrying, you're carrying that kind of, uh, you're carrying that kind of weight. But, uh, no, I just, it, it, Bruce Almighty. Yeah, Bruce Almighty. Oh, yeah. Good, Although God good, lives good. in Buffalo. So obviously, cause, right? Cause yeah, the Bills it, Mafia, exactly. he's part of the Bills Mafia. Exactly, exactly. But uh, you, no, you're you're absolutely right. It, it's interesting because Taylor Taylor Decker is, I don't know if he's beloved or not, but there's a real deep appreciation for him because he's been here a while. And anytime I think there's a player who, because most of the time when a team struggles and by the time they're really good, it's it's generally an entirely new team. They're very rare, very rarely are there people left and there there might be a few you know football are a big enough roster but and i think fans just appreciate respect that they also know he's really good even though it's probably hard to tell why he's good well you and i've talked about all the time with offensive linemen in particular right at least offensive linemen you can see a little bit more but but uh well he didn't let the quarterback get sacked i guess he's pretty good whatever <laughs> but uh, right they make they, a mistake. They, but they but they connect with him because of the longevity because the analysts, you know, talk about how good he is. So they hear people they respect saying he's good. The coaches say he's good, his teammates, et cetera. And let's face it, he's real, man, right? He he speaks from the heart. Yeah. He's, and, you know, you and I have covered a lot of athletes. He's he's really enjoyable to talk to yeah. because of that. And, uh, linemen, and I think the fans are, sense that. The linemen, uh, they're generally uh, – uh, they have they they have the, the the linemen who like to talk, you know, are veterans and been with the team for a long time. They generally have the pulse of the team. Guys like Decker and Dominic Raiola, you can go to them and and another you know, great talker, yeah, another great talker. And this is it's funny because it used to be back in the day, right? Like the the offensive line were not supposed to talk. They were supposed to be the strong, silent types and whatever. And we don't look for attention and whatever. I mean, it, it changed, but. Uh, yeah, that's those guys are are always interesting um, to get their thoughts on because they have to understand the entire. They're really smart. You got to be really smart to play offensive line. Um, you don't have to be an amazing athlete because they're the worst athletes on the team, but they're smart and they have to make up for their athletic deficiencies in many ways by being smart, right? Otherwise, they'd be defensive linemen who you know could rush the passer and get the glory stats and everything else, but. They're uh, and they and they stick around. The good ones stick around for a long time. That's why this line has been around for a long time, right? Um, so yeah, Decker has de- definitely been one of my one of my favorite lines to talk to um, over the years, and uh, he always brings interesting perspective. He the, the my favorite thing about Decker, uh, you know, you and I are in the locker room all the time, and fans don't get to see this as much. But if you ask him a question, he likes to like pause and look around he looks up and and he takes a big inhale and he considers his answer and it's just who he is he's not trying to be dramatic or whatever but no, i just i all. love the no. decker pause <laughs> yeah no he's 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 very thoughtful and i think um 
I, I just think there's a deep, deep appreciation because I think fans sense that he's suffered and he's spoken about that suffering and he's been honest about that suffering and he knows they have suffered and there's a connection because of it. And it's like they've suffered together. And, um, and that's why I, you know, I wanted to write about that a little bit the other day. And I just, I I just, I think that's kind of interesting. And, uh, you know, if they get really, really good, yeah, he's going to enjoy it as much as anybody. He had a good, he had a good uh, observation or, or comment on Sunday when he said, I the hard hardest part for him when they were bad or really struggling was he wanted to help them get better, but he didn't know how to do that. Other than yeah. just he, he was he overwhelmed. It was beyond right? him. Yeah, I mean, and and I'm sure every player kind of feels that way. But I mean, like quarterbacks feel like they have more agency probably because they have a lot more to do with where the ball is going and how things turn out and decisions and linemen basically, Hey, here's the play. Who's here. Here's where you're, what you're blocking and what you're doing. And that's it. And a lot of players do that, but I think probably you feel that right. If you're a receiver and you catch you can, Hey, I caught a short seven yard pass and I'm turning into a 20 yard gain. You know, I, I did something there's, but linemen are literally stuck on the line of scrimmage. They really can't go very far. Um, on, on pass plays and, you know, run. Yeah, they can block. And so that's, it's harder for them. They, they serve this limited function, um, a very important one, but a limited the function. Critical function, right? Like, like critical the function. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's and the they central have to, function. <laughs> and your only time you ever noticed usually is when, you know, you mess up and you miss a block or whatever, and your guy gets tackled or sacked or briquette, you know, names you in his grade saying hey a really good you know backside block on this uh end around or this run up the middle or whatever it is um but and think about one of the fun plays right that they had was uh the snap between Goff's legs the direct snap to montgomery um that he got a first down on nobody mentioned frank Ragnow once on that whole thing and he was instrumental to making that happen of not snapping the ball too high and hitting golf where you know it was going to be hard to get hit um all that like nobody talks about and one thing is right on never talks so he he doesn't like to talk at all he's old school but uh but yeah i mean the the line they just don't get enough penny sewell like when he catches um and that's funny like sewell has a different game right because he's more emphatic and he plays with the kind of a an angry violence zone, which is fun. And he's caught passes before. And, um, but generally those guys, they just, they're just this, you know, nameless, uh, thankless blob in the middle and they don't get enough credit. And that's hard. It's hard to do that. Even if you're getting paid a lot of money, it's a really tough, tough job and position. And even those bike, those they're, they're big guys, you know, the linemen, the guard for the, um, for the Panthers, Chandler Zavala, you know, could show you, and we know, you know, Mike Utley from from the time here, you know, it's like you can get hurt really easily. These guys pay through, play through a lot of pain, a lot of injuries. It's the, they're, they're some of the tough. They're probably the toughest guys on the team because um, it's constant contact on every single play. But uh, yeah, Decker, Decker probably didn't get enough credit. It's good. I'm glad they brought him to the. The, the podium so that he could have kind of a press conference on his own. And he was up there a long time, a lot of respect from the people who cover him. Um, so, but yeah, the struggle, the struggle, and it would be nice, right? You think about someone like Decker, it'd be nice for someone like him to enjoy a playoff win. 
No, for sure, because he cares so much about winning, and and it was a really nice moment. And he got he did get uh, put up on the video board and got a nice round of applause. I have one more uh, one more quick thought about the Lions I wanted to talk to you about, but we need to take a break, and uh, and we also need to get to Michigan and, and your favorite subject, Jim Harbaugh. So let's uh, let's come back with a last thought here on the Lions and some Michigan football uh, after this quick break. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Okay, here's the here's the last thought I had, Carlos, and we can we will obviously talk about this uh, more as the season goes on. But I just you wrote about Ben Johnson and hey, get you know enjoy him while you can. He may be gone next year. If the defense keeps it up, who knows? Maybe Aaron Glenn might get a shot at some point. Um, but this is this goes with winning, and, and Lions fans aren't used to this. And if you're trying to build a program. <laughs> You're trying, they're they're trying to get not, rid of the coordinators. They, they, yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it's just so new, you know. And, um, yeah, it's, it's not easy to find. I mean, Ben Johnson's obviously really, really talented, and hopefully he'll he'll succeed when he, when, he gets, uh, when he gets a shot as a head coach. But the best franchises and the teams that go on sustained runs have head coaches that, have a certain culture and can identify coordinators that will come in and do something similar. And, um, and, and that's the key. And we're going to find that out where I, I have a pretty good feeling. You obviously have a really strong feeling that we're going to find out if Dan Campbell can do that, but that, but that's what the best coaches also do. They don't just win in a given season. They, they have to go replace the staffs because winning teams uh, produce coaches at other uh, for other franchises that's just how it goes we're just not used to that around here well the, it, we're gonna find out and um i'm i'm concerned about it and because you know campbell got it wrong you know at the beginning with with um anthony lynn right um he had to send he had to demote him essentially fire him without firing him halfway through his first season. But he was smart enough to know like he, 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 you know, known Ben Johnson and worked with him and whatever. And so he, he used him as the passing game coordinator um, and then promoted him to, you know, offense coordinator the next season. And it's been, it's been amazing, but he didn't get it right the first time. And even with even with Aaron Glenn, you know they have a good they have a good defense right now, but it's really been a struggle the first two years. And it'd be one thing if he'd hired. I mean, if if this was the first year or even the second year of Campbell's tenure, and let's say the defense struggled the first year, but then they caught fire under Glenn, took him a year or whatever to kind of shake things out. Uh, and but but Johnson was good from the get go. 
you would have a lot more confidence saying, oh, he's, he knows, he knows how to find talent. It's hard. It's hard to do that. It's hard to place, replace good coordinators for anybody. I mean, look at the Patriots. They're struggling too, um, as they've lost people. So, you know, and even though Belichick has a lot to do with it, but it's, it's going to be hard. The one thing about offense for, for Campbell, at least though, is I, he's, he called the plays. He has a feel for it. So that, that may help in that I think he has a stronger sense of that than maybe what happens on defense. But I don't know if Aaron Glenn will leave. Um, but we're going to find out. Yeah, we will. I don't know if he'll leave either. I just, all Not I know this is year. Well, I don't think he, I don't think with one good season under his belt after two terrible seasons, I don't think people are going to be lined up to say, unless he's got a buddy somewhere, which that's what a lot of the NFL is about, right? Those connections and who you know, who you worked with, if you worked with this general manager before, or these people in personnel or a different a team, if he, whatever, you know, it's all about often about who you know. Um, so, but I doubt that he would leave, but Johnson's gone. He's just, there's just no way. He's just. Well, well, the thing about, the thing about Ben Johnson is Dan Campbell said, has said, and he said this a couple of times, the reason he promoted him was because he saw the, he sees the game like he does. And that's a great sign. I mean, and, and I'm sure that's the truth. And Lynn maybe did in theory, but, uh, Lynn struggled to take his vision with the talent, you know, with the players. Maybe it was more of a rhythm thing with the play calling, which Campbell took over the play calling, right? So, and he wanted somebody that saw play calling and saw offense like he did. And that's, he said that about Ben Johnson. They just have to be aligned. And I would imagine not to do that again. In, in fairness to Aaron Glenn, and one thing about Ben Johnson, Ben Johnson's got this one of the two, three best offensive lines to work with. If you do that, if you have that, that gives you a lot of latitude to try a lot of different stuff. Aaron Glenn did not have the second or third best defensive line when he took over. That, that to me, is the biggest difference. You know, one side had an elite unit in the trench, which allows you to do lots of stuff, and the other side did not. They have become pretty good, and thus the defense has gotten a lot better. So the talent obviously matters a lot to me. Yeah, I mean, for sure, that's that's definitely important. Um, and he's he's been Johnson said, you know, the offensive line for him is his warm blankie, whatever he called it. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, yeah. It's a comfort, yeah. but also they've and you never know how much of this is, you know, they've drafted, you know, Penny Sewell and now the defense drafts, you know, Aiden Hutchinson and that has helped. And they've devoted resources to the def- to the defensive line with, you know, Muzurike, who hasn't worked out, Aline McNeil, Josh Pascal. It's not like they haven't been. So the question is chicken of the egg, right? Is it they haven't gotten the most out of talent or is the coaching not getting the most out of talent? Is it Ben Johnson who's, you know, Hank Fraley's been there a while. He's gone through two regimes at least, so he's a good, really good offensive line coach. That has helped. Um, so it's not just, hey, we magically got this player, and they're amazing. You know, I mean, these guys predated some of them, right? Ragnow and, and Decker, and I think Jackson also predated uh, Ben Johnson. They did. No, so, they did. No, yeah, that's my point. But yeah, he's they, also they, using them, and in, in, in we never saw Penesul, well, he, he was a draft pick, but, you know, I, he's using that offensive line you know, well, and even Taylor Decker talked about that, right. Of the, the interesting thing with Penn Johnson is that he calls some, some plays and he requires a lot 
of his players, including the offensive line, to execute it, but he trusts that they're going to get it done, and it's on them to... And they love that. They love having those expectations and then trying to live up to them. So that's part of his uh, his unique uh, success, too. For sure, but Jared Goff, the re- I mean, uh, this Jared Goff look, is wanna... the blue is the blue chip example of why Ben Johnson is going to get another job. <laughs> yeah, but that's not. But to, to me, it's it's more the line. I mean, and I don't want to take anything away from Goff. Goff had some success in L.A. as well uh, for the Rams, and he throws he throws a really good ball. I think he throws an underrated ball, and he's got talent. For sure, and he's ma- older now, and he's more mature, and he's got thicker skin, and all of those things that come with experience and and all of that. But the best thing about Goff's experience with the Lions is he's he's throwing behind one of the best couple of lines in football, so he's got time. If he doesn't have time, what's he look like, right? I mean, like any quarterback, especially a non. I mean, the Rams you know, had a good line too, even at the they end. Did. Right? No, they, it's they, not like they they, did. Andrew Whitworth was garbage. I mean, that dude's a that dude was a beast. No, and, they 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 had a good line. They had a really good line there for a minute. No, for sure. But that's I mean, but Goff to key. me is it's it's that he was he was according to Sean McVay as as much as you you know he was hot garbage. He was just left for dead with the Rams. Probably was going to trade him for a you know used Pontiac Aztec if he he would have been happy with that. And he was a reclamation project, and Ben Johnson turned him into a pro bowler again. Um, helped bring that out of him to be the most generous that you can be if you're Sean Windsor. So, you know, that is the sign that you point to is that this guy made Jared Goff good again um, or brought it out of him. Um, and that's this is why you hire, this is why if he's going to get the Chargers job, right? We got to get the most out of there's a significant investment in Justin Herbert. We got to get the most out of him. That's the number one thing in a coaching candidate is you have a, who do you pay the most? A quarterback who's going to make the quarterback look good, right? That's why a lot of offensive coordinators get jobs, uh, head coaching jobs because they are, they, 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 they make the most important player good or function, you know, make the team go that way. So, um, but yeah, but the offensive line definitely helps, but that's also, you know, it comes and goes, you know, and, and as good as some players are and there's injuries and, and that's the problem. One of the reasons I, I don't like the offensive line is because you need five pieces to work together, five things. And that means five things can also go wrong. And what's they always talk about, oh, the this five hasn't played together or whatever. Yeah, because there's so many, you know, variables that can lend itself to one guy's hurt and then that changes the chemistry and then this guy has to come in and this guy has to move to left tackle instead of right, you know. So it's kind of fool's goal to just hope that you're going to have this amazing offensive line. Have two well, you, tackles. That's what you need. No, but you got to have it. You got the Philadelphia had the best line in football last year. Then the Super Bowl. Kansas City had a top five line there in the Super Bowl. If you don't, if you don't have a really good line, you're not going to win big. You're just not. No, I don't know that unless you are a super mobile quarterback, but even those guys have to stay in the pocket and throw at some, at some point. And, and, you know, like Stafford's Matthew Stafford's thrown by the Rams line is terrible right now. And it's been trending that way for the last couple of years. It was, it was solid Stafford's first year when they won the Super Bowl, And it's just gotten worse the last couple of years. You know, whenever, whenever the Patriots would stumble, it was often because they had injuries along the line or, you know, that, like you said, it ebbs and flows when it was humming, Man, they they were really, really. I mean, you know, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, right? But that's the thing. So yeah, Ben Johnson's really good, 
But Jared Goff does not look like this if he's not behind this particular line. That, that's that's just as much a, a part of it. And uh, and I think any quarterback would tell you that. If you don't have time, what are you going to do? So the so whoever wherever he interviews, he has to bring the Lions' offensive line with him because otherwise he'll be he won't be very good. No, he's just not going to win if he doesn't have an offensive line to work with. Well, I mean, that's part that, of the challenge of coaching. You got to have everybody to, you know, you got to have an offensive line. But you mentioned the Chiefs; those guys were not all first rounders, and that's that's my one quibble with the offensive no, line. You I'm have to spend first saying, round it's, after it's, first round. Well, no, I'm not talking about the draft. I'm talking about you, can you find guys that are really good? And of course, you can oh, find sure them outside can. of the first round. He knows what he's doing. He'll find guys. But you got to have a, yeah, you got to have that. That's the thing. You know, we don't. That's working. You mentioned this before. The coach, the head coach, and the GM kind of shouldn't. Shouldn't be friends, but they, you know, it is with Holmes and Campbell. They work together, but they kind of sort of have sort of sometimes opposing uh, uh, motivations, right? So Johnson's going to have to work with his general manager to make sure he gets the guys he needs on the offensive line or other positions. But he knows he knows what it looks like. Well, he does now, and I th- I'm sure he's learned a lot being around home. I mean, what, what Holmes and Campbell are doing. I mean, he's talked about how much he's. He's learned. I mean, you can learn a lot from Campbell just holding a room, right, and organizing. I mean, Campbell, Campbell's the one that Campbell's the one that schedules all that out and sets the day up. It's not just motivational speaking. It's there's a lot that goes into that. So, uh, I would imagine Johnson's absorbed a lot of that in uh, oh, yeah. in the last couple of years in seeing what's work and what's not working. That's another thing about Campbell, and not that we want to make this all about Campbell right now, but he learns and he's figured stuff out, you know. And the next time he when he has to go replace Johnson, he's going to think about it and do things differently than when he brought his first offensive coordinator in when he got hired. And and it's the beauty of it. But uh, all right, let's uh, let's. You want to talk about Jim Harbaugh? I assume your favorite some, coach, Jim Harbaugh. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's he's. Uh, what do you think what? of Jim Harbaugh? The dude, the dude can coach. I mean, he can. <laughs> Meaning uh, no, he can't do other uh, things? <laughs> no, 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 no. He he can coach, man. I mean, he is a heck of a coach. Whatever else you say, that's he he, he is a really, really good coach. But that's not why you wanted to talk about him. Well, I, I want to talk know. about him because, you know, there's uh, supposedly reports out there that he's going to get a new contract and it's going to make him the highest paid coach in college football. And does he deserve and the it? Big Ten? I think I think the Big Ten and the Big Ten. It should be college yeah, football. I, th- I, but think the, it, I think the report I saw was going to make the, the Big highest Ten. paid in the Big Ten. Yeah. All right. Well, he's certainly. I could be. I that. could be mistaken. Sorry. Although you know, if, if uh, Ryan, if uh, Ohio State beats Michigan this year, then Ryan Day will get a dollar more than whatever Harbaugh gets. That's, that's far, right. His contract. That's right. But uh, what do you think? I mean, is is he was kind of uh, you were at the press conference on Monday. He was kind of like squirrely about it, wasn't he? About you just. Was uh, I don't. I don't think. I wouldn't call. I don't think of him as squirrely. He's just. He's about quirky, that, about man. that he, specific topic. Uh, not really. He just said he felt wanted, and and he's and he more or less said if you do certain things, and he kept he kept gesturing like taking his two forefingers together, pointing them, and then like like drawing a contract a diagram. Really. Yeah, but it really looked like he was taking his fingers to draw, air draw a check, like a paycheck. <laughs> but, he, he, but he was saying contract as he was drawing it in the air. But he, but he was basically saying, hey, you know, if everybody's happy and you have success or you win or whatever, that's usually <laughs> reflected in the contract. I mean, I didn't think he was – and he said he felt wanted and 
wanted to stay. I, I didn't think he was really squirrely at all. I was actually, he even talked about it. You know, sometimes he, he would not talk about it at all. He was actually in a, in a fun mood and showed us a part that, I don't know if you saw the press conference. I didn't, no. And I thought about writing about this, but I had just written about it a couple of weeks ago, so I didn't. But he, he was, he was, it was funny. It was the end of the, end of the, toward the end of the news conference and USC played Saturday night and they, I want to say late Saturday night. Yeah. They had the night game in Minneapolis. So they were, or Minnesota and they were flying back from Minneapolis and he apparently watched USC's game or some film or whatever. All right. Anyway, he had mentioned that he thought JJ McCarthy was the best quarterback in the country. And I'm chuckling because I'm thinking of what Harbaugh said. And he said, yeah, I mentioned that I thought J.J. McCarthy was the best quarterback in the country, and I just want you to know I watched USC play on the plane ride back, and uh, the other guy, uh, he's pretty good. He's pretty, he's pretty good, too. He's pretty good, too. And everybody starts laughing, right? And, and so he was kind of making fun of himself. I'm like, well, yeah, Caleb Williams is, you, you know what I mean? He's going to be the number one. Challenge him when he said that before? I don't know. I would. I, I wasn't around that. Okay. But uh, he, yeah. so he was kind of making fun of himself, like, "Yeah, Caleb Williams is is a." Uh, and then he went on to say, "Yeah, you know, we'll we'll still take our guy, but it's kind of like uh, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, <laughs> Kobe, or Michael. We love our guy, but you know, it was so it's funny." And then he told a story real quickly, Carlos, about about McCarthy and some of the throws he was making. He's like, "Oh yeah, this one play. It's funny because I actually wrote about this play, but he." And he got the game wrong at first. He said, oh, yeah, it's at Nebraska. And McCarthy dropped back. He said, J.J., dropped back. He's rolling to his left. So he's rolling to the sideline where, where Harbaugh was on the Michigan sideline. And he's rolling, rolling, rolling. And Jim uh, Harbaugh says he starts yelling out, run, run, because he saw that he had room to get the, fir- get to the first down marker and get out of bounds. And he says he sees him about to cock, you know, starting to cock back to throw. And he's like, no, 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 no. And then McCarthy at the last second throws it and hits Roman Wilson in the back of the end zone, uh, sort of across his body. He was out of balance. It's just a strike. I don't know how long it was, 20, 25 yards, whatever. And even when I was watching his home, because I had to write about it, and even the announcers are like going crazy over the play and the throw. And, uh, Harbaugh said, I'm, I'm giving, I'm, I'm calling, calling myself out here because I didn't want him to do that, but he did it. And he said, he made the throw and the touchdown. And he turned around and he just stared at me. <laughs> and um, so I thought that was kind of, he doesn't normally talk like that. He doesn't normally, he sounded different when he was describing it, Carlos. He, he was, uh, it, it was interesting to see that side of him. And I told Reiner Saban, our colleague, after that story, I said, that's what the players see and the parents. And yeah. probably a lot of the alums, we don't, we don't really ever get to see that. He was poking fun at himself and laughing, and it was unusual. Really, unusual. yeah, that is. He's. Uh, it's nice to see that he he he's he can open up more often now. I think it's. Uh, it would be it would be nice to see it a little bit more, but uh, but yeah, he's. He can be uh, he can be a little hot and cold, but yeah, I think the season he knows he knows the team he has, he knows what's going on, he knows you know that he's 
this team is looks almost unstoppable, right? I mean, again, until they beat your nit- Nittany Lions, that's what you keep looking forward to. Once they beat them in state college, then uh, then you'll finally crown them champs, right? The whole uh, the whole fan base is looking forward. They're a little bored, to be honest with you. I mean, they love the winning, but they're a little bored, and they they wanted to play somebody. You know, of course, that goes with risk. But what about Michigan State? Bored. Two weeks. They're playing football. They're playing football. I believe they are. I believe they are. Uh, That's going to be poor Michigan State. Poor. That Michigan is just going to be awful. That that could be a dangerous game. It can get out of hand, and it's going to be in in uh, East Lansing. The only That's thing I'll say, one. stranger things have happened. The only thing I'll say, is no, don't our, even our, start. No, 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 no. Let me let me finish. Let me finish. Our our, our pal and colleague, esteemed colleague, uh, the terrific Graham Couch, who writes for uh, the Lansing State Journal, our uh, our sister paper. Um, I think either tweeted out or wrote or hinted that uh, there could be a quarterback change in order because Michigan State's been on a bye and I want to say they're playing uh, Rutgers. I think they're playing Rutgers Saturday. Yeah. And there could be a quarterback change. Wouldn't that be something if that quarterback change somehow leads to uh, at least a competitive game for a half or something against against Michigan? That would be a uh, yeah, would probably be not something. Probably not. But uh, yeah, no, I, I don't expect it'll go very well for the Spartans. Yeah, it's, it's going to get – how bad will it get? I mean, it's this is, this is just – it's uh, – I don't you know. Feel for him. Yeah, does, does, you feel does for Does Jim him. Harbaugh know Harlan Barnett at all? Does he, does he, does he like him? Does he have any – you know? That's, a, that's a good question. You know, I was thinking, you know, he wouldn't have taken it easy on Mel Tucker at all. Oh, right? but, uh, oh. but Harlan Barnett's a D'Antonio guy, and D'Antonio and, and, uh, and Harbaugh definitely had some exchanges. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily face-to-face, but kind of through social media. They went after each other. You is D'Antonio still on – is he going to be on the sidelines the rest of the year? He, he – I – you know, I don't know if he's going to go back up to the box on the sideline. That's a good question. But he's, well, he's going to be around be the, the rest of the year. He'll surely be at the game. Yeah, and Barnett's his guy. So maybe by association, <laughs> he could, you know, plus he, he's born and bred to hate Michigan State, right? So yeah, to detest him and he played against him himself. And yeah, so it's be rough. Yeah, it's not gonna be. It's gonna be interesting, but uh, you know, I, yeah, who knows with Harbaugh? I would imagine he'd sign the contract. They do seem to have a really, really good team this year, and um, it's still a little hard to say too, too much. On the other hand, you don't just go beat a team fifty-two to ten, even a, a below-average team like Minnesota. It's still a Big Ten team. It's on the road. PJ Flex a, a pretty, pretty solid coach. I just, yeah, at some point you got to say, okay, they might be pretty good. They 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 they, just, they might be pretty good, and a lot and some of the, and some, this is like the second or third coach in a row now to say, "Wow, that's something over there." Do you, and you think, don't hear that all the time from coaches. Yeah, and do you think um, you know, there seems to be a restlessness with Harbaugh. You know, it always feels like the NFL is always trying to. There's a pull there for him. Do you think that if he wins a title, national title? Is that it? You think he's going to want to go and like, all right, I've done this. I've, I've, I've climbed the mountain. Now let me go back to the NFL and try to win the Super Bowl. I came so close to winning and be the first guy since Pete Carroll to win a you know college and NFL title. Well, that's a good question. I, I mean, maybe. On the other hand, he could, if he feels like he could reel some off here and really establish something historical 
at, at Michigan, you know, in a way that uh, that uh, you know his hero Bo Schemelker could not and did not. And even you know Lloyd Carter's won one. I should I don't want to minimize it. Winning a national Just championship, one. College, oh, winning winning a national championship in college football is really hard. But um, or any sport really. But yeah, no, I. It, who knows? I mean, you, you get older. Maybe you you know. Uh, who knows? It's hard if to you know were, what, what if drives you. If he's been you. flirting with the NFL as much as he does almost every year, you know, it. I would say that there's more you know, merit to maybe that of, of, yeah, let me have this, this dynasty, you know, this, this, you know, Saban like Bear Bryant, let me be that, you know, but it just seems like the NFL just, it's an itch he wants to scratch. It's just the, the Super Bowl and ha- you know, I mean, it's been, I think four coaches have done it. So he wants to, I don't know. It's only he can answer that of, of where does he think his legacy lies, he, you know, and he's he still didn't flirt. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I, he's he's. Who knows? Who knows what he wants to do? What what he thinks is most important? And it's someone like him. Maybe maybe he needs a different kind of challenge. You know, maybe it's humans. He humans might. He might. I don't remember him flirting as much with the league this past off season as he did the year before. Well, he, I mean, he had uh, a virtual interview almost, with the Broncos, so he's still interviewed for a job. You know, I mean, that's something. He, he, no, you're right. I guess he just didn't get as close as it did with Minnesota, but the year before. But no, it, it might it, it might just be because it's out there, you know. Because as uh, Christopher Walken said <laughs> to Brendan Fraser in Blast from the Past, did you ever see Blast from the Past? Yes, kind of yeah, a long time yeah. ago. It's old. It's under underrated. Yeah, it's an older movie. <clears throat> well, old uh, older for us. It's uh, an underrated little movie. But anyway, he's got an adult son. He's trying to explain the birds and the bees to his <laughs> son, who is in his 30s because he's lived in a bomb shelter for all these years. And he's trying to explain the world to him. Finally, you know, he's, oh, I think he's ready. He's ready to learn this in his 30s. Anyway, he's explaining how uh, it works. Uh, the sperm finds the egg and, uh, and it goes from there and life is created. And Brandon Fraser's character says to his dad, who's played by Christopher Walken, but why? Why does the sperm go to the egg? And Christopher Walken says, <laughs> "Because it, because it must." <laughs> so, that, so, so that's that's what we're talking about, right? Because it must, <laughs> because he must go to the NFL. Is that what you're saying? And 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 who is Jim Harbaugh in this uh, in this in this metaphor? I guess. Well, I no, guess we can just, we can let the listener it, decide. It's just it's just life. It's life that that because <laughs> it must. Right? Yeah, that is it, perfect. It, we don't have life unless <laughs> it happens, right? It, unless if, Jim if, Harbaugh it, goes in because it, things cannot because be right it with must, the universe. <laughs> because it must is what keeps life moving and keep life going, right? So let me let me ask you: Is there what, right now? Okay, put your get get your turban out. Look at your crystal ball, like Carmack, Karnak, the great Karnak, J- Jimmy Carson. Um, is it more likely, whether it's fifty one percent, is it more likely that Jim Harbaugh ends his career at Michigan, or that he goes to the NFL? Oh, he's going to be sixty. I, he's all, he's fifty nine. He's going to be sixty yeah, I, in December. You know, I mean, he probably wants to. I just don't know. Somebody's got to have him. That's that's the wild card. This to he's going to get knocked. The does door's going to. He's going to get the door knocked on all the time. He's does, winning. Does he's the NFL still? Either whether he wins a national title or not, 
being in the CFP. He's been away. He will have been away at that point, what, almost 10 years or whatever. That's a long time. You know, the game, I mean, I know he's kept up with the game. And one of the best things, one of the things that makes him such a great coach is he's constantly looking inward and trying to figure out new systems and new new staff and what can I do differently and change. And he, he's a tinkerer. And I've always respected that about him. I don't know that he gets enough credit for that. He's, 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 he's sort of egoless in that way. You know, and you don't think of him that way because you think that's Jim Harbaugh and he's got the quirks and all that. But he's he's kind of egoless in a way. And I, I think that's always a really good sign in a coach. But I, will the NFL have him? That's the question, man. I don't know. Don't give me, I don't know, fifty one percent. No, no, no. Yes I'm saying, no. I don't think I don't know that they will. I, I I'd say they're saying I'd he stays say, in Michigan. Yeah, I think he's gonna stay in Michigan because even if he wants to go, he wanted to go two years ago and and they backed out the 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 Vikings backed out. You know, and I don't know how he interviewed, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I, he he might want to go to the NFL, but I, I think being that being away that long, mm, I, I say he stays at Michigan. So one thing that I think, I think he goes eventually. Maybe it's down the line, more than a few years. But I think that what he said was interesting about the the contract, and then you want to be somewhere that people want you, that they appreciate your work and they want you. And that to me was almost a cryptic way of saying, at some point, if let's just say the administration or the athletic director doesn't happen to want me or I don't feel as appreciated, bye, I'm gone. I will be here as long as I'm appreciated and people reward me accordingly. But when that changes, then I'm going to go to whatever the Houston you know, Texans or wherever, whoever wants, wants me and appreciates what I do, I'm going to go there. I'm going to go where I'm wanted whether it's Michigan or the NFL, I think that's what basically he was kind of saying. And right now it happens to be Michigan. So, and he's right. He's right. And he, and he said that this is true of anybody in any walk of life in any job. He even, I think he looked at the reporters and probably said, you know, like even you schlubs. So yeah, I mean, you should do that. You should, if you're not appreciated, if your work isn't appreciated, you know, then you should look elsewhere for, for employment. Um, so yeah. And that's the, that's, that's, that's coaching. I mean, it's itinerant. You know, you got to move around. That's just, there's, you got to go where the so, jobs are. Yeah. And some of them are, some coaches are a lot more like that than others. I mean, the Pistons True. had one of the most, the, the Pistons had uh, a coach win a title and he's one, one of the most famously itinerant coaches in the history of modern professional sports at Larry Brown. Right. So yeah. Who, by the way, also went from college to pro and, and, uh, and won at both one, uh, one, a title at both levels. But uh, you know, maybe, maybe, Maybe he does. Maybe he. Maybe he still does. We'll see. I don't know that the NFL. Uh, who knows? If you win a title, then it'd probably be a lot easier for a general manager and owner to sell him to a fan base if he's coming off a national championship. So that that would change things too. But uh, all right, we need to uh, take one more quick break and come back and wrap this show up with Carl's favorite thing. I've uh, recused myself from this portion of the show mostly because I just want to hear Carl's talk about uh, how awesome his life is because it is an awesome life it's pretty but, awesome uh, it, yeah it's it's fabulous well you're fabulous all right we'll be right back with more free press sports with cost and sean just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any 
type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. All right, what you got, Carlos? You got 30 seconds. My favorite thing, Sean, is that... uh, you know, uh, so my wife got a, uh, her, her job was her, her company was kind enough and, and good enough to give their employees a mental health day, um, today when we're recording and, uh, she took full advantage of it and we got to spend the day together in the morning and run a couple of errands together. And we went to our little downtown area in our in our uh, neighborhood and a diner we've been to that's been there for for decades and we had just the sweetest waitress and i had the eggs benedict she had a uh, texas toast uh, sandwich we had home fries it was and then we went over to trader joe's and did a little shopping a little quick uh, excursion and you know this is the this is kind of the fun part of being sort of empty nesters with your kids gone you know that and you get to kind of sometimes spend the day with your with your spouse and uh, enjoy a little bit of life and take the time. And I don't think we probably do that enough. Um, but it was it was really nice. And I even though I'm working today, and if Anjanette or Nicole or Kirk are, are listening, I, I worked the full seven point five hours. So it's don't worry, it's to the to the minute, Sean. By the way, full full day for me at work. Um, but yeah, it was good to get a little bit of time in the morning and. And really sort of decompress and enjoy a little bit of the day before everything gets really busy. So it was really nice. And I I think we should do that more often. I think we need to take better care of our mental health. And with everything, it's so easy to pack your day with too many things, work and other concerns. But if you can carve out a little bit of time, and, and this is also, especially even though it wasn't my day off, I was really upset last night because my Dodgers lost again um, and they're about to get kicked out of the NLDS and uh, our TV stopped working and I was like, oh, everything's coming, everything's falling apart. <laughs> so today to have that little, uh, that little island of, of, uh, of goodness was enjoyable. So I look forward to doing it again. That was awesome. My favorite thing was uh, enjoying a chili dog with you at the Lions game. You taught me that uh, it's okay to eat two hot dogs. As long as you only put chili on one of them, and then you put much <laughs> mustard or ketchup or whatever it is on the other, and uh, that was fun. That was a good trick. And uh, no, it's just fun to. It's fun. I, I think I've said this before, but I, I really enjoy sitting and watching the Lions games with you. We're surrounded by all the other colleagues for whatever reason. It worked out that they put our seats next to each other, and uh, and I really enjoy that. And it's it's uh, something I look forward to every Sunday. So that that was my favorite thing. Is Sitting and watching the game with you, and uh, and enjoying a second hot dog without the chili, because that way you don't feel like a total total glutton. Well, a dirty. I, I I appreciate that. Although you had one with a lot of onions, and I had to smell it for a while, so it was a little bit tough on me. But and as much as I try, I try to keep changing the little 
name placard so that I sit next to Mitch Alba more often than you, but it doesn't work out. You always kind of find a way to sit really close to me. So, well, I don't um, have anything to do with I don't have anything to do with the placards. By the way, eggs Benedict, you're next Benedict guy. You're coming over for a Lions game in the very near future for eggs Benedict, right? I hope and so. Dutch, Dutch baby pancakes. Oh yeah, I love yeah. I love American breakfast is just one of the best things that uh, that our country has given the world. It's just it's kind of like it's just the perfect combination of sweet and savory. I don't know if other you, you're a world traveler, you probably know this better, but uh, it's such a great combination. Yeah, if a you lot feel of people, like candy, candy. Europeans, Europeans, a lot of Europeans think that our breakfasts are way too sweet, but no. uh, yeah, you know, at least that part of the breakfast. And then, but we hey, and, and maybe too greasy. But the English breakfast, you know, they put beans and blood pudding and tomato and mushroom and uh, and an egg. You know what I mean? That the the classic English breakfast. Uh, I could do that for you too. But I'm I'm going to make you eggs no. Benedict. I'm gonna make a long you time ago, Benedict. I was invited to uh, to a uh, my my a friend of ours, a friend, a, a classmate. I'm going to name drop Mark Stein, who worked for ESPN for a long time, the New York Times. He was went to school together, and he was a soccer nut way back in the day before anybody was a soccer nut and before it was cool. And uh, we went to see some kind of World Cup qualifier at his house one morning. And I think it was Scotland was playing somebody, and his wife, as a tribute, made uh, haggis. And it was disgusting. And it was... Uh, I, I swore to never, and actually it was, he was England as Colin. I think it was like bangers and mash too. And I was like, what? I've never had any of that. And I was like, why do people do this to themselves? Like the English, the English food is just other than probably fish and chips. I don't know that they've contributed a lot to the world cuisine. Well, their foods uh, actually come a long way, especially in, in some of the cities, but that's, that's a, that's a different subject. Um, for another another <laughs> podcast maybe a book and i know you should write a book about it yeah 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 and i know you gotta get and we gotta get robin uh, our producer out of here we need to thank robin chan of course uh who makes this podcast possible we need to thank kirkland crawford the sports editor on Jeanette delgado the editor executive, executive editor exec- she's the executive editor Gannett's always call doing you this wrong. and we need to thank Nicole. yeah yeah right we need to thank nicole avery Nichols for uh, you know allowing us to exist basically, and uh, I have jobs at the Free Press, but you know I guess I have the podcast too. We need to thank uh, who else, Carlos? The listeners, yeah, our, yeah. our listener, our devoted yeah, listener, our listener, who's always yeah. uh, okay. happy to hear your, your the dulcet tones of Sean Windsor. No, they're happy. They're happy to hear you. Mostly though, I want to thank you for putting up with me oh. and for uh, sitting here. It was fun as always. Absolutely, let's do it again. Uh, Let's do it again. You can uh, find us wherever you find your favorite podcasts, Spotify, Apple, uh, Radius, subscribe, let us know what you think, and, uh, you know, mostly keep listening. We're grateful. Until next week, right, Carlos? Yes. All right. When we will be back with more Free Press Sports with Carlson Chong. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left.
Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.